The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus in this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He is Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. We are brought to you locally by Smiley One, heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. So, Daryl, uh, just a couple little things going on throughout the week here. Obviously, things compressed because the game is on Saturday and not on Sunday. So the work week has been uh, rearranged a little bit so that, you know, you normally have a day off on Tuesday and uh, we normally hear certain players on different days. And today Deshaun Watson was uh, was moved up to Wednesday rather than hearing from him on what Thursday. And so um, what's the tone in Berea right now? What's the feeling right now, knowing that this team has virtually no shot at making the playoffs? Well, Tuesday is Wednesday, Wednesday is Thursday, and Thursday is Friday, Friday is Saturday, and Saturday is Sunday. That is going to be the schedule the next two weeks. Uh, as far as the tone, it's uh, uh, time to play for pride entering the chat portion of the season. That's where we're at. Playing for pride, playing for tape. Um, I mean, they're not mathematically eliminated yet. That probably comes this weekend, but um, yeah. That's we we are with four games to go. Um, talking about guys that are trying to put good tape out there for either the Browns to look at in the offseason or 31 other teams to look at in the offseason. So um certainly don't, you know, feel a tone of giving up or anything. Um, they've got to get Deshaun Watson on track. We'll obviously get into what he had to say. Um, but cause he had a few interesting things, uh, <laughs> that he did uh, talk about, but yeah, I mean, it's just the, 
you know, they're playing out the string and they're going to, you know, give it their all while they play out said string. Playing for tape. That, I mean, that means we've thrown up the white flag. That's the worst part of ever any, any whatever you hear that at the end of the season. Oh, we got to play for tape for next year. We got to figure this out. Even though, despite the fact they could still go over 500 because they're in a 17 game schedule. Let's get into the Deshaun Watson stuff. What piqued your interest there today, Daryl? Well, uh, obviously, uh, the forecast for Saturday is, uh, shall we say, not great. Um, it's a chance of snow. Temperature is going to be around 30, 31 degrees. Um, one of the things that had come up during the, I guess, recruitment or pursuit of Watson related to the Browns, obviously, was would Watson come play in the cold weather? And then the Browns gave him 230 million reasons to come play in the cold weather. And that was the end of that discussion. Daryl, can I stop you for one second right there? I, I've heard a lot of things this week. This is not about you. Um, I've heard things this week about like Kevin came here. Or I'm sorry. Uh, Deshaun came here because of Kevin. Deshaun came here because he thought he had a chance to win a Super Bowl. Can we all lay that to bed? You just said exactly what the truth is. So, Daryl, let's, let's talk a little bit more about this Deshaun stuff. And this is where I want to kind of stop a little bit and just say you you brought up a great point okay and the point was that he came here because of the money because I've heard this week a couple times that you know he came here because he wanted to play for Kevin Stefanski he played here because he thought he had a chance to win a Super Bowl he came here because of this or that or the bottom line is he came here for the money let's not ever fool ourselves or kid ourselves on that now we did have a call today. Somebody said, well, I wonder, you know, he's getting paid. Is he just going to mail it in? In the NFL, a quarterback, you can't just mail it in. You're going to get destroyed. You're going to get crushed if you mail it in. You can't half you know what it and expect to stay healthy and play in this game. So the only way you're going to miss out is if you have injuries. Like I've seen guys come here and steal money from the team before. And it's like, oh, I, my hair is injured this week. Or uh, I, have a, I have a bad nail, so I can't play this week. And they figure out a way just to ride out the storm to get their paycheck and then get out of town. Can, do you concur with that? Yeah. By the way, biggest thief in Brown's history was Mike Holmgren. I have one that I think, but I'll, I'll just keep it to myself. Oh, come but, on. Throw it out there. No. Nah. It, it, it was a veteran that came in for Romeo who was at the end of his career. Uh, yep, I know who you're talking about. And I'll just leave it at that. <clears throat> William Mather. Do I have the initials? I will. Uh, I'll plead the fifth. <laughs> yes. I knew it. I knew it. It was just aggravating because you knew they were just there for the check. There yeah. was like no other reason they were there. Like, well, I mean, hey, look, why was... don't you come here? Cleveland Cleveland will be your 401k. Oh, okay, yeah. great. Well, I mean, the Browns were the, the league's 401k for a long time. And every coach that would come here would bring in all their old players. Right. Remember Eric Mangini, I think, brought in every member of the New York Jets that he ever cut. Yeah, but he brought in guys that were like, I know, kind of scrappy so and wanted to play. And he thought he could turn around a franchise quicker because he had some chancy Stucky. Exactly. Really? Chancy Stucky? That really? Come on. I had his rookie card. So <laughs> I don't know so, if they, I don't even know yeah, if he I, had a rookie card, but if they did, I had it. If he has a rookie card, it's not even worth the paper it's printed on. Anyway, no, I don't think Deshaun has, is going to mail it in here. Um, he's looking to restore his reputation both on as well as off the field. That's that's what's going to motivate him. Now, he did drop the 
I came here because the, you know, the uh, I felt that the Browns fans, gave me the best the chance fans. to win a Super Bowl. He dropped the the Brown, you know, Browns fans are the best in the world, which I mean, come on. Um, I'll give him credit for remembering that PRQ that he was handed. Um, Speaking but, of uh, of spilling tea, there was a quarterback that was here a couple of years ago that's well liked and still very well liked, and heard a conversation with him on the bench one day when our fans were upset about the way things were going at the end of the game, and he like totally crushed our fans on the bench. And I was like, "Wow, okay, bud, sweet, keep going." Well, I'm trying to think who that is. <laughs> we'll talk about that one after the show. Okay, all right. All right. Fair enough. Um, that'll be on the Going Away podcast. <laughs> that, that'll be I'm Done podcast because yes. uh, it's a pretty prevalent person. So, um, I, I'll just say that. Um, so the the weather conversation, the Super Bowl nugget, the Browns are the best fans in the world nugget. I mean, those are all things that obviously caught my attention. Obvious, and then also him, you know, re- reiterating what he said last week that he's he's nowhere he wants to be he actually wants to be even better than the 2020 version of Deshaun Watson that led the NFL in passing and I should hope so because that version of Deshaun Watson that led the NFL in passing only won four games Houston Texans went four and 12 that year so I'm I'm not interested in him leading the 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 league in passing again if it doesn't mean that the Cleveland Browns are not winning football games you know, the object of the exercise here is to win games. And, um, you know, to, to the point earlier about where they are in the season and playing for pride, playing for tape or, you know, playing for whatever uh, at this point, it, it, it's it's a shame that we're even having this discussion in the middle of December with four weeks to go because, you know, they could – conceivably and we've talked about this andy they, they could conceivably end the season on a relatively high note i've got yeah, they could have a better record than last year daryl well i've got them winning three of the final four games the only loss that i have for them is to the washington commanders i think that they're going to beat the ravens this weekend i think that they uh will lose to washington they will beat the saints and they will beat the steelers to end the season so I have them winning three of the final four games to finish exactly where they started a year ago, and that's eight and nine. And is that enough to be a successful season? That would mean that Deshaun Watson won, what, uh, four, five of six? No, four of six. Yeah, four and two. Yeah, so for, and I think that that would be successful, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I just don't know if that's going to happen. And then we can all start printing Super Bowl tickets for uh, next year's Super Bowl. You know, we we had Nick Costos from You Better You Bet and Bet, uh, I don't know, one of those other betting sites. Bet QL. And that he he was saying that he thinks the Browns come into next year as a top 10 favorite in the league. Well, it depends what their defense looks like. Yeah, well, it's got a lot of work. I mean, there's no question. Right. The, the, the defense cannot come back looking the way uh, – or com, com, uh, the roster cannot be what it is now. Um, Andrew Berry's got a lot of work to do on that side of the ball. They need to add another weapon in the passing game. Um, 
I don't know that I agree that they're a top 10 team going into next season. I, I really don't um, because I just feel like there's too much roster work to be done. And I don't think they have the assets to change the roster the way that you want do. them to. They do. They do? Yeah, absolutely. Look, they got to blow out some guys. No, the, are they going to blow out anybody major? Salary cap space is easy to create. You you convert Deshaun's salary. This what they're going to probably do throughout the duration of his time here is just every year uh, exercise the clause in the contract that allows them to convert his salary to signing bonus, and you get to spread the salary the 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 quote unquote signing bonus. You get to spread that uh, over the life of the contract. You can add some some dummy uh, years to the back end of it. Those voidable years that we uh, used you know talk talk about all the time to stretch that out. So there's all kinds of look, the new Orleans saints were like in salary cap Uber hell and they wiped out $80 million in salary cap room. The stroke of like three pens, you know what I'm saying? Like they just, they just went down their roster, restructured a bunch of stuff, uh, converted signing bonus into salary, released some guys. I mean, they, they created like almost a hundred million dollars in salary cap space, like within six hours. It was incredible. So I'm not, worried about that and i can't impress that upon fans enough that freak out over the salary cap it really is a figment of the imagination so to speak yes there are rules and guidelines that you have to play within but my point is that anybody worth their salt uh can maneuver the cap into the positions that they they needed to be in plus they've got rollover this year as well so um the assets that you're referring to, Andy, are the draft. Right. And you're right. When you look at the track record that Andrew Barry has in the draft, ugh, not great. So from that standpoint, yeah, no first-round pick. You, you can't assume that Andrew Barry is going to draft like six guys that are going to be able to help this team immediately because I'd say most of the 22 guys he's drafted today haven't helped this team at all. So – um, but yeah, I, I think that for them to be a top 10 team going into next off, uh, going into next season, um, a lot has to happen. And I'm just, I'm done. I think I can declare right now. I am done gassing up the Cleveland Browns. They are now, I have them 100% going forward in show me mode. Good enough. Let's do this. I want to come back and talk about what the Browns are talking about that really probably isn't very important, and maybe it's just a wag the dog thing. So we'll get into some of those topics uh, throughout the podcast. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. It is always game day in Cleveland. It's always game day in Cleveland brought to you locally by Smiley One Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing, Bryant, and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. We're both from 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. We're glad you found us here on the Odyssey app. And Daryl is the Browns beat reporter for 92.3 The Fan, among other things. He's the beat reporter for pretty much everything. He should be our sports director because nobody gathers more news than he does. Right, Daryl? If you say so. <laughs> I'm saying so. I'm just trying to get you a raise. All right, so the one of the biggest stories of the week, and I mean, this is gigantic when you're a team on the outside looking in. We got to talk about helmets. Right, Daryl? No. <laughs> gigantic news gigantic huge news so i had some fun with uh, our our new night host jonathan peterlin uh on so we're recording this on a wednesday night so i was on a show tuesday night 
And I don't know, somehow we got into the helmet discussion. I, and I was like, you know, they really should bring back the white face masks. You know, growing up, I love those white face masks. They were great, looked good, they, a lot better than the gray face masks they wore, this, that, and the other, right? So lo and behold, on Wednesday, the Browns announced white face masks are back to honor the cardiac kids and, you know, the, the, the 80 teams, the 80s teams that were, you know, really, really good. So I knew that they were the, they were going to do the white face mask thing. So when I was on his show Wednesday night, he goes, you're like clairvoyant or something. I said, no, I just knew that was my way of dropping the hint without getting anybody in trouble. Oh, you already knew. Yeah. (laughs) And then they were going to go to white face masks. Is that really a thing? I mean, are people like really pumped up about that? Oh, I, I am. Hey, you know what? You look good. You play good. Maybe it'll help you win too. I I don't know. So is, is Bronny the elf going to have a Santa hat on? Uh, I, well, ne- I think next weekend, I think absolutely. Why not this weekend? Why not two weeks in a row? Who cares? Okay. Yeah, sure. Why not? I'm, I'm I mean, on. they might as well put some tri- tire tracks down too. That would be cool. Oh, they, they already they, got beat to that. <laughs> no, I'm saying that they should put tire tracks down too for like, San, like Santa sleigh. Like what they should do is take, you know, well, where they it was- do, they, the guides are right there between the uh, 10 and the 50 yard line. You just follow the existing tracks there. <laughs> And make it look like a sleigh went through the field. Why not? Who cares? Why don't they just, I mean, lean into it, right? Wear it. Lean into it. Wear it. So, yeah, I, I I like the fact that they're chasing, you know, changing up the face mask. And quite frankly, I hope they keep it a white face mask uh, right. going forward. Dump the brown face mask. Go back to white. Daryl, very, very, very big news for the Browns, too. We got to get this in there because it's, I, you know, as I, I almost broke into the middle of our show because we were, I don't know, I think we we're listening to Deshaun Watson, but I thought this was, uh, much bigger. Brown's request live is just a gigantic thing. I think so many people think it's it's important so that they can play these songs uh, at the game. And here are your choices for this week. Are you sitting? I just want to make sure you're sitting. I am sitting down. Okay, here we go. Choice number one, again, for Brown's request live at the stadium, which, by the way, I want to talk about what the atmosphere might be like. Might be like. Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody. Thumbs up, thumbs down. That has been the song all season long. So you think it'll win again? Yes. What I, I don't they don't play the whole song, right? They can't. Well, no, the song's like eight minutes long. <laughs> yeah, when are they gonna play it? They they play the hook. They, you know, they, they play, play they, they play the Wayne's World segment. Oh, gotcha. Okay, here we go. Ready? Nirvana smells like teen spirit. No. Smells as much like as I love football. Nirvana now. Uh, yeah, I'm good. The Beatles come together. Queen's better. Really? Yep. Overall, you would if you had. Uh, oh, yeah. Rhapsody is like one of my all top three favorite songs. Of it's all mine time. too. But if someone said to you, "Okay, you know the the <laughs> excuse me, the gentlemen that have passed," I get more both, pumped up to 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 Bohemian Rhapsody than I do Come Together. But if you could have one ticket to see either band at their peak, would it be Queen or the Beatles? The Beatles. Okay, good. I just want to make sure you weren't losing your mind. <laughs> I wasn't trolling. I love you. Queen. I mean, I love Queen too, but I, if somebody said, hey, you can go watch the Beatles, I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm going to the Beatles. Um, Rascal <laughs> Flats, Life is a Highway. No. No. I don't, these, like, wait, are there any new songs they can't play? Nothing new. Yeah, Surprise, no. Sweet Caroline is in there. Oh, God. Ugh. Hang on, Sloopy. No, please. 
They've tried it though. They'll play both those songs at some point during the game. Ah, uh, they've backed off the hang on Sloopy. Yeah, I don't know why. Who well, cares? because they're trying to separate from the Ohio State shtick. Yeah, okay. Just play it, Ohio man. State plays better football than the Cleveland Browns do. Just win. And anything you put out there will sound great. Weird Al Yankee. I, I good think, if they but in all, in all honesty, I think Bohemian Rhapsody is going to win again. It It's won all through, like, I, it's like the defending champion. Like, it's going to switch. You know what they also need to do? Speaking of music at the stadium. I do like the dog pound captain bit with the smashing of the guitar over the you know, over the fake amp okay so I, how do you change that you want to change it up no i i think it's a good bit but they need a better song than sweet child of mine they need a better song to play with that than sweet child of mine and i don't i don't really have i'm eliciting a suggestion from you there since you are the you are the music ready spot. Yes. ready because of the cleveland tie smells like teen spirit nope it better not be Cleveland Rocks. Nope. Okay. How about Cherry Pie from Warrant? Drummer from Cleveland. Kent State, I think, right? What I was kind of thinking like something maybe like a, a Black Keys riff. Oh, Black Keys isn't bad. Because they're from, uh, you know, they're from Akron. The OJ's got anything? No, nah, I don't think they have anything that like that remember, you're trying to get the, you're trying to get the crowd jacked up, right? This is Machine Gun Kelly kickoff. Machine Gun Kelly have anything? Well, yeah, he's. I mean, he's got stuff, but I, I, I anything that would pump up the crowd where you'd smash a guitar. Uh, it's tough with rap. I'm just I'm just trying to think, but they need they need a better song. So keep the bit next year. But okay. let's work on finding a better song than "Sweet Child of Mine." Maybe we can make that. It's uh, always in game. Uh, it's always game day in Cleveland. First poll ever. I'm a big fan of "Crazy Train" too from Ozzy. Yeah, but everyone seems to do that. It's been done. Yeah, Hell's and been, and every time I hear bells that, has been done too. Yeah, and honestly, when I hear "Crazy," I'm thinking like baseball. The ba- you know, bases are loaded, and yeah, stuff like that. Uh, it's kind of like a baseball song. Enter Sandman. I just. Again, always the closer song, right? Right. Um, Moon over Parma. No, too soon. They should, yeah, they should use that when they invite Drew Carey to come smash theme to the Drew Carey show. (laughs) No, I said no Ian Hunter, Cleveland Rocks. No, Uh, there is a moratorium on uh, well, Moon over Parma was in there too. I know it was. I have. I have the. I I have the Drew Carey Show soundtrack somewhere. There's a soundtrack to the Drew Carey there Show. There is a soundtrack to the Drew Carey Show, and I bought it when I was like in high school. Yeah. Wow. Well, I you realize a- we work at Winford Louder. I know. I know. Do people realize that? Explain. So, um, well, I don't know. Do I want to explain this? Sure. Why not? I mean, we walk through. Okay. The, I'll tell people. We, we walk through walk the Halley through- Building. We're in the Halley yeah. Building, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, Mr. Jingling, of course, uh, sure. you know, uh, famous for the holidays there. Um, but during the for the Drew Carey show, all the exterior shots of Winford Louder were the Halley building. All they did was computerize and change the H's to W's, but all the exterior shots were of uh, the Halley building. So that's why I always say we work at, when people ask me where I work, I say, I work at Winford Louder. 
And most people look at me like I'm weird. Well, the diner. They do that all the time anyway. This is true. Uh, The diner is over on Memphis Avenue in Cleveland where they, you know, where me oh, yeah. and Drew and the, yeah. the the gang would go after work and that, that that's an actual diner on Memphis Avenue. But um, yeah, we work at Winford Louder. So the, uh, I work in shoes, by the way, I don't know what oh, department you're in. I'm in the uh, garbage department. I'm in sanitation. I thought you were in men's clothing. No, there's actually a new men's clothing store in the building too, as a matter of fact, but there's also the, why am I, I'm just completely brain, you know, what um, when you have a door that's circular that uh, you walk through, the, what a revolving door? Yeah, I don't know why I couldn't think of the word revolving. So <laughs> I walk through the every day. I know I walk through that revolving door every day, and those are the same re- re- revolving doors that Drew Carey came flying out of to start the show. Right? I, I the whole crew see. comes. It's the it's the uh, Cleveland Ballet that he does the open with. Yes, and they come right through our windows. Or right through the the, the uh, doors, the revolving doors. <sighs> Man, we've hit rock bottom on the show. Just want you to know that. Four Copy. weeks to go, and we've gone from let's talk about the music they're playing at the games to Drew Carey and everything else that goes along with that. And also, I just, let's not forget the most important thing: and, white face masks. By the way, I wonder if anyone's masks. picked up on the bit this year that the Browns did with their uniforms: orange pants versus the AFC North. They wore or, they wore orange pants for every divisional game, and will do so the this rest weekend. of the way. What do you think about the fact they're on national TV Saturday? And I'm wondering about the game too, because I have a feeling we're gonna if it's cold, we're gonna have fan apathy big time. Yeah, there might be people there in the beginning of the game because they want to see Deshaun. Right. Um, it's the Ravens. I, I mean, here's my fear: is that we'll lose home home crowd advantage because I've seen Ravens fans pack the joint. Oh, you and mean it sucks. It's horrible. By the fourth quarter, that it's all Ravens fans at the end, and then you start getting Ravens, you know, you nonsense I, going on. I, 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 I think the Browns are winning this game, so I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, I do agree. I think they'll get a good crowd early because people want to see Deshaun. Um, and I, I don't know how well he's going to play, but I, I've got the Browns beating the Ravens because I. The defense doesn't even know what quarterback they're preparing for. Now, granted, the defense has struggled preparing for guys they know are going to start already this year. So imagine what they're going through this week, Andy, is they're preparing to face one of three different guys. Now, granted, I don't think it's going to be Lamar Jackson. I think that there's pretty much no way he plays. But, yeah, they don't know what quarterback they're going to play on Sunday. Fun, Funny, the Bengals are rooting for us this week, right? Who's rooting for us? Cincinnati's rooting for us big time this week. As they should. Well, we'll open the door for them to be on top of the AFC North if we can win. But I, I just think like, the Bengals are winning the division. Well, I mean, this is a big week for them then. I mean, right. if we can if we can step on Baltimore, I'm still kind of surprised what happened with Baltimore last week, but you just um I, I don't I just don't I I don't have a great feeling. Like I can't sit here and actually tell you I think the Browns are winning this week. You've I don't got know. Bad vibes? I have apathy. I, I think oh, fans have apathy, have apathy right now. And I think that if things go south early or the Browns start doing stuff that is goofy or just doesn't make any sense, they could find themselves down early and trying to figure this thing out. All right. Well, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, okay. Which quarterback scares you more to face? Tyler Huntley 
or Anthony Brown? I'll go with the concussion. I'll go Huntley. You're going Huntley. Okay. I thought you were saying you have a concussion for a second. No, I'm just saying, or I could plead the fifth on this. It's, I still think their defense is pretty damn good. And they're going to cause problems for us that way. I I just, you know, what is our defense going to be? I'm just telling you, there are games that you think you absolutely automatically will win. And I've seen this team blow those games. Like the Jets game haunts me, Daryl. Have I told you that? That freaking Jets game has been haunting me all season. Just even think if they won the Jets game, the season would not be where we are right now. We would not be saying with four games to go, this thing is over. I would like to, uh, I just like to point out that I think I told you after the Jets game that come December, it's going to be haunting you. Speaking of haunting, we'll come back with more. It's always game day in Cleveland. You think this segment was fun. Wait till you see what we have in store for you next. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. It's always game day in Cleveland. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. If you would like to be a part of the show, all you need to do, and you know what you need to do, go to social media, go to Instagram, go to Twitter, and find us at game day CLE and send us a line and we'll figure it out. And we'll, we'll use your content on our show for free. That's what I like. Give us I'm some all about crowdsourcing for content. Th- that right. is what social media was built for, crowdsourcing for free content. Daryl, before we get back to the Browns, I'm curious your thoughts on the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, Baker Mayfield. Good for him. I think Browns fans were genuinely excited for him this week. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't – I've said it. I don't think that Browns fans should uh, harbor any ill will towards Baker. I think that there's every reason in the world to root for him. Um, I think that it's not mutually exclusive that you're disappointed in how things ended here, but also at the same time you're appreciative for him helping get the franchise back on the rails, right? Because before his arrival, they literally could not win a single football game and did not win a single football game. And he's the guy that got up at the combine in Indianapolis and said, if there's anybody in this draft, that's going to go to Cleveland and turn that mess around. It's going to be me. And while he did not achieve what fans hoped that he was going to achieve or the organization hoped that he was going to achieve, I think that you can still appreciate and respect him and what he was able to do during the 2020 season. They won 11 games. They hadn't won 11 games since 1994. They won a playoff game. Not only did they win a playoff game, they beat the holy crap out of the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Um, Granted, it wasn't exactly a hostile environment because nobody was really allowed to be there except for some friends and, and some family. But still, the bottom line is they went and kicked the Steelers' ass for four quarters in a playoff game. So... And they were a play or two or three away from getting to the conference championship game. So I I don't get the hostility that some people have towards him still. Um, I, I just I feel like that you can be disappointed that he didn't reach the heights that everyone expected him to, but also at the same time wish you know wish him well in his career. With the caveat being. You hope he sucks every time he does play against the Cleveland Browns. Let me ask you this question. As we look back at that pand- pandemic year, did the pandemic 
and the way the season played out and the fact that we had a new coach that was had to have everything totally in the bubble and that everyone was isolated and had to figure out a way to get it done. Does that, is, does that make that season really fluky? And is the reason they were able to win? Let's face it. Their head coach wasn't even at the playoff game. <laughs> yeah. But think about that. Mike Prefer won that game. Yeah, the that's guy right. That we Mike... won, the guy that I said should be fired because the special teams have sucked this year. That's right. He's he's now granted. I, I I believe officially in the record book, though Stefanski gets credit for that victory. But Prefer was the one managing that game that night. Did yeah, that I, help? Did that help? Yes, the fact that I, it was a pandemic. I firmly believe that the Browns, in a re- had that been a regular season, nope. I, I think the the pandemic may have been one of the best things to happen to the Cleveland Browns organizationally because of not so much the challenges that the pandemic presented in, and obviously, uh, you know, they unfortunately had a lot of people contract COVID during that season. Um, I mean, they were one of the the teams that had to be the ultimate flexible. I mean, hell, they had to play the Jets without any wide receivers. And so, here they come to haunt us again, the Jets. <laughs> the Jets. Um, but at the same time, it forced them into a bunker mentality. It for it basically forced them basically into a bunker. The only thing of normalcy for them was football, right? For anybody really during the during, during the pandemic, football, and um, you know, no, all the ancillary distractions around the team were eliminated because of the pandemic. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of wonder if the I wonder if the same operational structure, minus the daily COVID testing and all that kind of stuff, set that you know, setting that aside. But like, I wonder if nobody, other than football people, being a lot around the football team, the last two years, if this right. team would have been much better. I honestly, I honestly wonder that. Yeah, let me go back to the present here for a second. Jok hurt linebacking core. I mean, if you look on our lads to see what the depth chart looks like, and you play linebacker. Um, because if so, Joe Woods would like to have a conversation. Well, I can tell you, I, I'm good for one play. I'll take the concussion, and then I'd be happy to uh, I'd be happy to enjoy my retirement. I take the I, NFL I, pension. My, uh, my smart-ass comment is I can go out there and miss just as many tackles. Oh, no. That's mean. I, no, I, I, you get shelled. You make it one play. I think I'd be out of breath just putting on. I would intentionally miss tackles. I'd be like, no, I want no. I am going to be making business decisions for four quarters. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> it would be four quarters of Daryl Ryder making business decisions. <laughs> what do you What do you think about JOK being out and the, just all these injuries they've, they've suffered at linebacker? Joe Woods even said it on Wednesday. He's never seen anything like this. Not not with one particular position group. I mean, Anthony Walker, and then the guy that replaced him, Jacob Phillips, and then the guy that replaced him, Sione Takitaki, and the guy that replaced him, JOK. I mean, it's just it is it, it it's 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 been difficult. Um, and you almost have to factor that in. Yeah, you know what I mean when you talk yeah. about this defense and that can't play the way they want to play. Um, for all the criticism I had earlier about in the season about the run defense and stuff like that, it's it's just it's hard not to think that there's a cause and effect related to these injuries, right? 
Right. Um, and and then obviously the the performance of the run defense. Also the fact that they need some help at defensive tackle and Andrew Berry really failed to shore that up. Like that's the 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 double whammy, if you will. But yeah, I just I if any of y'all can play a linebacker, I think that uh Andrew Berry Kevin Stefanski and Joe Woods would like to see you at 76 Woodgrove Boulevard. I say that tongue in cheek. Don't be swinging up to the facility. Um, Daryl, I want to throw a question. I, I we got a question on Twitter, um, and it's from Danny Calafoot. I'm interested to hear this because first of all, I'll say I'll say what my answer is first, and then I'll I'll give hand it over to you. Question: I'd like to hear your thoughts on Colin. If Stefanski was fired by the Browns, how many? What teams do you think would want him as a head coach? First of all, I don't think Kevin Stefanski is getting fired. Nobody, there'd be way more fire right now if he was if he was gone. There'd be too many stories, too many little rumor things going on. I don't think he's going anywhere. Let's start there. What do you think? No, he's not going anywhere. I, I, don't think, I he's think going I, anywhere. and and the, I almost feel like he's been coaching that way the whole season too. You think? Yeah. I do. To wait to get to Deshaun, or to... there's just been no sense of urgency with this year's team. There's just been none, and and I so, never thought there would be. There's no accountability for the some of the bad things that nope, have happened. No, nope, yeah. other than sitting a guy out for a play. Okay, but you understand what I'm saying, like it's absolutely just, no sense of urgency, and and I think that one of Kevin Stefanski's biggest deficiencies is. He doesn't kick anybody in the ass. At least he doesn't do it publicly. He might he might do it privately. I don't know. But, like, just something's missing there from a motivational standpoint. This team does not look like and has not looked like all season like they're motivated. They were motivated for Monday Night Football against the Bengals. Like, they, they played with their ass on fire that night, right? We Maybe this week because we're on national TV, they'll do it again. We, we haven't seen that much this year. And, and, and that's the thing. Like, my take on this, on this team, Andy, would be so much differently, or so much different, I should say, if the team just sucked. Like, if they, did, if they, did, if they had so many holes on the roster, right? If you looked at the, the 53 and you're like, this is Swiss cheese. There's holes everywhere. My take would be so much different. I wouldn't be as critical. I wouldn't be as harsh. But they, I just, I don't feel bad for saying that I really believe that this was a complete wasted season and they underachieved. Regardless of how they finish this year, even if they went out nine and eight, still underachieving. Eight and nine still underachieving. Like, I just feel like they completely underachieved this year. There was, you know, the effort was there. Don't get me wrong. There's a difference. I'm not saying that they weren't trying, but I just never got a sense of urgency, a sense of unity, a sense of team, a sense of those intangibles. Um, I, I think I've used the analogy with you before. You know, Tito Francona has people skills in the sense that he he knows how to push the buttons of his guys. J.B. Bickerstaff has shown he knows how to push the buttons with his guys. 
I don't know that Kevin Stefanski knows how to push any buttons other than going to the whiteboard and drawing up a bunch of fancy plays. He's a very intelligent football mind. Don't misunderstand me. But there are intangibles that come with being a head coach in the National Football League, and I'm just not sold that Kevin Stefanski possesses those intangibles. But all that said, he will be back next year, in my opinion, barring some epic, epic end-of-season disaster. Gerald, do you know who you just described? Every Browns head coach that's come through here since 1999? Nope. You just described Henry Winkler in the water boy. You think? Henry was a genius, right? Then they figured it out. I'm just saying, that's what it sounded like. Did you? I'm just processing that you compared Kevin Stefanski. No, you did. I'm telling you, while you were saying this, all I could think about was Henry Winkler and the water boy. I think he's a much better coach than that. But although Henry Winkler did win. I call it H2O on game day. (laughs) They won, man. Maybe that's what they need. They need Adam Sandler to come be their water boy. Forget white face mask. Get Sandler here. Get Drew Carey out to smash the guitar to sweet child of mine. Get Adam Sandler to be the water boy. Get Gene Hackman to be the coach of the day. Didn't they win the Bourbon Bowl? They won the Bourbon Bowl. They did win the Bourbon Bowl. I'd be happy to go to the Bourbon Bowl right now. Daryl, let's leave it at that. Mallory Valancourt or whatever. Oh, yeah. Vicky Valancourt. Vicky Valancourt. Devil. Vicky Valancourt can be, I don't know, the uh... uh don't even go there. Just stop. Let's just stop. Because we all know why Gators are you're, so you're, you're in enough trouble as it is comparing Kevin's to fancy. I, mean, I didn't, Daryl. Daryl, you all I said was you painted a picture of a very, very smart coach that just couldn't get it done. Maybe if the Browns play in the Bourbon Bowl, we're good to go. <laughs> I didn't. Coach you did. Clyde. You can eat that. I'm Coach not eating that. Clyde. Coach Clyde. So let's say better than you. What did you call? What you? Uh, I, I called him Wilson. So Wilson. Let's, let's let's recap. But I've have you noticed Kevin that he's dropped his cards now? Now he doesn't I, put I, them over his face anymore. I I've called Kevin Stefanski Wilson from Home Improvement. Because yes. the only thing you used to see is his eyeballs and his headset. And now you've called you've called Stefanski Coach Klein. I have not, but you can leave it at that for our amazing producer, Meredith Kane, who had to sit through this episode. Got to tell you, what a blast. What a blast. We're back on Saturday for post-game edition. It'll be the Browns and Ravens looking forward to it. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. Those podcasts aren't the devil.